for every woman that's like in the weight room, there's 27 guys that will touch that same piece of equipment. Welcome to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. Here we will discuss all things related to physical preparation, including rehab, performance, and education. Hey guys, welcome back to Training Room Talk powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. My name is Dr. Max LePage and I am here with Dr. Nisha Meyer. Hi guys, how's it going? And I am here with our new student who's going to be with us for eight weeks, if I'm not mistaken, That's Hannah correct. Lewis. Yep. Um, so Hannah, go ahead and just introduce yourself very briefly, what school you go to, um, and yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, glad to be here. Uh, thanks for having me guys. Um, so I'm at University of Lynchburg, formerly Lynchburg College down in Virginia. Um, I'm originally from this area, grew up in Delaware, so love being back, um, especially during football season. But yeah, this is my third clinical, a um, little bit out of my comfort zone, haven't had one like this yet, but I'm excited to be here and learn a lot from you guys. So Cool. Perfect. So uh, Hannah's in the kind of sports world. She herself engages in weightlifting and obviously various types of exercise. So this is an interest of hers that she has embodied herself um, so far. So I think that she's going to have some valuable information to add some insight. Obviously, um, today's conversation is going to be about the kind of psychosocial barriers that uh, women face when entering really whether or not it's the weightlifting world specifically, powerlifting, just barbell sports in general, or just recreational kind of weightlifting, or sports as a, as a proxy to all of that. So um, obviously this is an area where I am not gonna have a ton of insight on. Um, I've been in the fitness industry from a physique sports standpoint and from a barbell sports standpoint, um, and I've obviously rubbed elbows with a lot of female friends that I have in, in the world, but there's an inherent limitation that I have in my ability to speak on this. So it's always valuable to have people who can speak on it more from a personal side. And I think probably have spent more time thinking about this and maybe running into these issues themselves. Um, so that's gonna be the topic of conversation today. And hopefully my disclaimer there satisfies anyone who is wondering to themselves why Max is talking about this topic. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and open the floor. Maybe Nisha, you can talk a little bit about just from a, a more broad standpoint, what your experience has been with maybe some of the psychosocial barriers that you have faced personally when getting into this kind of space or that you tend to face on a consistent basis with either patients or clients alike? Sure. So I think like the first question people should be asking instead of like why women should lift, which is like a common what blog post, common question that people will ask rather on the flip side, like why women are not lifting. And I think that's really important and that will kind of like dig at the barriers we're going to speak on because say if we're thinking about like health and weight loss, majority of the population understands that if you eat well and have a healthy diet, you could lose weight or live a healthier life. Same from like a women's perspective, women typically understand that lifting is beneficial. And we know from like just like taking a step back it's beneficial from like bone density health for metabolic efficiency for just building strength and injury risk reduction whether you're an athlete or just living your day-to-day -day. Um, in general there's just like wow 
lights just came on from like a mental yeah from like a mental psychological uh benefits there as well but i think on the flip side it's like why aren't women lifting and from my own experience i find that majority of women one are really intimidated because of the culture or they don't know how to lift and two there's this huge belief that you're just going to get really bulky or be seen as masculine or uh, inadequate if you don't know how to lift i think those are like one of the huge staples yeah so it sounds like and this this goes along the lines of what my experience has been coaching female athletes and treating female um, general population or athletes is like there are two generally distinct types of barriers one like you said is the environment in which you would need to be in order to do that thing so being in a gym that uh, oftentimes is predominantly a male environment um, and e even if you're a male with zero experience lifting, I mean, being in a gym is fairly intimidating regardless of who you are. Everyone you assume seems to know what they're doing. Um, if, you know, you think that you're probably doing everything wrong and that people are looking at you do it wrong and judging you for that, um, which is almost always not the case, but that's how it feels. So just the environment is a barrier in itself. And then even if you had the opportunity to say, go to a completely empty gym, no one around, there's still an inherent barrier of, first of all, I don't know what I'm doing. And second of all, what are the effects of this gonna be? And are, are they all gonna be desirable effects? And you mentioned one of the more commonly cited effects that female uh, weightlifters or female you know, recreational fitness folks tend to run into, which is, I don't want to get bulky. Mm -hmm. um, talk a little bit more about those two. So let's start with the kind of environment component. What are some of the aspects of the environment that women tend to be turned off by or concerned about? And what are some of the suggestions that you might have or the ways that you might suggest they can go about combating those barriers? Yeah, so I love like the research in this area. So I'm gonna first speak about like my personal experience and then just some of the research that I've seen because I think it really varies based on the age of the woman as well. So, from, so I'm in my mid 20s and for me, I feel like the biggest barrier going in, like let's say the gym that we're working in here, I'm probably the, one of two females that is in there either like under um, the barbell or like using heavy dumbbells and even in the gym itself. So it doesn't really cultivate this culture or camaraderie of like other women in the gym. Um, and I think that can be like really hard. The, typically when you're in a sport, you have that connection with your, your teammates, or if you're a runner, you, you have like a head nod if you see someone similar to you. Like when you're in the gym lifting in like a very specific niche, you're not really gonna see a lot of women. So um, from a research perspective, I recently just read like in a 2018 article, it's called like perceived and barrier, barriers to women lifting. It said one in five women do not participate in the recommended uh, ACSM strength resistance training recommendations. And for every woman that's like in the weight room, there's 27 guys that will touch that same piece of equipment. Now that's just like from a college perspective and it was taken two years ago, but I think that's really interesting. I like just from my own perspective when I go in, I mean, there's definitely less women touching the same equipment. So was that one in five so 20% mm -hmm. of women do meet the guidelines and 80% don't, or 80% do and 20% do not? 
20% are participating in the recommended amount of resistance okay, 20% training. are. So are. 80%, the vast majority of women in what you, it sounded like was a college population. Yep, like were younger, mid-20s. Okay. Yep. So they were not engaging in the recommended. And to be fair, too, or I guess to be not fair against the recommendations, they seem to be generally low and biased towards other forms of exercise which don't necessarily have the same return on investment. So I would say that even the 20% meeting those minimum guidelines, probably a percentage of them still have room to get to what the guidelines probably should be. Yeah, like, exactly. They're a, they're a minimum. And I think when I last read them, it's like very arbitrary. It's like eight to 12 repetitions. Mm -hmm. Doesn't even give you, it might say lower body, upper body. Like for anyone that doesn't understand lifting and from like an education standpoint, that is not helpful. Like it does not teach you how to lift. It doesn't teach you what to lift, dosage, things like that. So I think on the flip side, education is another huge barrier for women. Like if you don't know how to lift, how much to lift, and you're already intimidated, you're probably not going to participate in it. So when you're thinking about that barrier of the environment, and you mentioned being kind of in the vast minority when it comes to being your actual presence in the gym as a female athlete or a female participant compared to the degree at which there are you know, so many more male participants in the environment, um, are there certain byproducts or certain things about that culture that directly affect you in terms of your, uh, I guess, lack of desire to participate in that? Or so I'm thinking something mm. like, do the men in the environment, and I don't want to just this become like a pick on, mm. you know, one gender versus the other and dividing things. That's not the purpose here. But right. are there certain actions that you think that um, are specifically turning you away from that environment? Or is it just the general kind of vibe of being feeling like you're the only one there? I think it depends on the gym uh, culture that you're in. But in general, I agree. I think it's just the, the general vibe of what you get. And for some people, it might be more triggering if someone's lifting like really heavy, throwing their barbells around, being pretty loud, and you're already like pretty anxious. Um, I wouldn't see that as a positive thing. On the other side, like I have been hit on in the gym while lifting. And that's, I mean, the nature of fitness I think everyone has like functional goals, but naturally people care about how they look and some people exercise to like look a certain way. And so when you're kind of vulnerable doing these different moves or you may, you know, be like in your sports while working out, just trying to do your thing and to have that like perception that people are looking at you like that, it doesn't make you want to lift or do something. You'd rather be on the corner in the treadmill. So, right. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And, um, for very select few male participants, maybe they run into that issue. But uh, speaking for myself, I don't run into the second part of that issue very often. So it's like that is something that I think is impossible to appreciate unless you've been in that position. And I can imagine that um, going back into that environment after having an experience that made you uncomfortable can be kind of a further barrier going you know, forward trying to think about, do I really want to go? And then you think back to those moments that made you uncomfortable and the idea of that potentially happening again um, can certainly be a barrier. Do you have any kind of actionable advice that you've implemented or that you can suggest that other people implement? Obviously, it's hard to prevent someone else's actions from um, deterring you, but is there anything that you feel like Hmm, this has worked for me in trying mm -hmm. to reduce the occurrence of these things. Yeah, honestly, it took, so I almost did like my own side work where I felt 
comfortable lifting to gain the confidence and like I did a lot of education and working with other females that lift to feel good by myself and then when I translated that into the gym culture that I was going in like I go in I know what I want to do I feel confident even if a guy's going to come not even a guy a gal it could be anyone if they're going to come in and like cue me I'm going to be like thanks for the advice but I'm doing my own thing here um and just like I think just having that confidence will give you that base to kind of address like the fear when you're going in those spaces yeah that that makes total sense to me is just being more confident in the process and the environment as a whole that exposure can kind of reduce the I guess imposed anxiety that an experience like that adds on to kind of the baseline if you lower that baseline anything to add Hannah on like the kind of environment when you're there that you've experienced or that you think is helpful for other people to consider uh yeah that was great I think I think first it goes back to the education like Nisha was talking about definitely lacking there um and then kind of I have a similar experience kind of I like to just go in and do my own thing but I I didn't get to that automatically I think it kind of you start with the education then you kind of reflect on yourself like that kind of thing get comfortable I was always very nervous because I am more quad dominant you know it kind of went back to high school a boy told me like wow you have like big legs for your body Mm. like so it kind of went back to that but then being comfortable with that and then wanting to be strong like wanting to do these things and just saying you know what, I'm just gonna go attack it whatever do my own thing in the gym just getting comfortable and then like you said being with other people getting that support I think that really helps yeah so if if someone was listening right now and maybe they're about to go back to the gym as they start to reopen through COVID they want to get in better shape or maybe they have just started recently and they're thinking like how long is this going to take before I feel good here like it's been a month and I still don't feel good how long did it take you or do you think it, it it's reasonable to expect like hey give yourself you know x amount of months or whatever I think each time gets better and so like just remember and like feel empowered that you're not the only woman that wants to be in there so you just stepping up and going in there is going to make someone feel more comfortable to go in there and you'll feel comfortable when you have another woman in there that like hey can you like I have plenty of women when I'm in there they'll like only come up to me and ask like will you spot me and I think that's a huge role that we need to like take advantage of Um, And if you're MPT, you should be learning like strength and conditioning principles so that you can translate that and continue to work on those things outside the gym. So if you're getting PT, what, for four to six weeks, I would expect by that time, no doubt, you should feel good to go strength train. Yeah, I would hope that that was the case. I cannot speak to other clinics and being able to do that. But certainly if you're here at Precision, we're going to take care of you on that end and should should be feeling fairly confident when you're going back to Um, or for the first time to a fitness kind of realm. Mm. Are there any environments that you tend to see on average are more supportive of women getting into the barbell kind of world? I My own bias would be that kind of the Globo gym probably Mm. features a little bit more of the negative 
components of uh, you know the the female experience, and that something like a CrossFit gym that's very community oriented tends to mm-hmm. bode well for beginners to come in and feel supported. Is that the case, or are there any other instances where you feel like this is a, a better environment to start in? Agreed, and I think there's a lot of like women only communities or lifting classes that are evolving. That's kind of my background. So I started coaching CrossFit also like fit in well with the community and felt supported to like start. That's where I learned to use a barbell and start strength training from like the basics perspective. But um, I found that I was in a sorority and all my girlfriends were like, this is awesome, but I'm terrified to do this. And so I co-founded with the owner at the time, a female only lifting program to really just like have a 45 minute session. And I really hybrided those different like women typically go to cardio because they want to burn more calories during the session. And so I use that as like the buy-in and segue. I was like, it's a mix of barbell with high intensity. And I would use that as like the foot in the door to feel like people were getting that burn and sweat and happy with the, the cardio burst, but also give them the tools to learn how to lift. And that was very successful. I've seen a lot of those kind of classes pop up. Perfect. Yeah. That, so that might be something that for those of you listening, you know, looking into whether or not there are any female oriented classes or events in a CrossFit gym or a functional fitness gym in your area, that can be a beneficial thing to do. I actually had a, a membership at a gym in South Carolina that um, they had like six locations and one of their locations was only female. Mm-hmm. Like the, the setup was a little bit different but it was essentially just still like a hardcore bodybuilding, powerlifting style gym, but it was dedicated to only female members. And I thought that was a really cool and interesting way. I've never seen a gym be uh, exclusively kind of geared towards exclusively females. And they were close together, so it wasn't like it was creating a barrier for anyone else to go to the gym. So um, that was a cool thing to see. Shifting gears from kind of the environmental piece of the conversation more towards what you had alluded to being the second Um, thing early on was the kind of psychosocial component of what is this activity actually going to do to my body? The most uh, common thing you hear is becoming kind of bulky or building too much muscle. Um, What is kind of your thoughts on the uh, that narrative that people often present to you as a fitness professional? Yeah, and I'll have Hannah jump in after me, but I think like the, so just to start off, and this was really hard for me to believe too, because I was so scared that I was going to get bulky when I was deadlifting really heavy or squatting. And really what was happening was I was in college and my diet was terrible. Um, but like lifting itself and from a woman's perspective, unless you're taking like supplements and steroids or you're taking excessive protein intake and you're trying to gain excessive mass, you will not get bulky. It honestly you'll be more you're from like a metabolic standpoint you'll be more efficient and burn more calories after the session and i think if you're really fearful of weight there's really good tactics to shift how you see weight training i use an rpe scale when i lift so i don't even really look at how much weight i'm doing i just do it based on how my body feels for example find an rp7 where i have three left in the tank that felt good then i'll find an rp8 i have two left in the tank and that's really helped me like build strength and confidence without being like oh my gosh this is so heavy yada 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 so there's different ways to kind of change your your mental perspective on it what do you think hannah 
Yeah, I agree. I definitely uh, can understand the not-so-healthy eating mm-hmm. <laughs> part of that. Um, but yeah, um, I think just adding on to that too is understanding we all have different body types too. So we're, yeah, we're not going to bulk up, but we also might not get super slim, you know, like mm-hmm. we're not going to look the same as the girl next to us lifting. And I think just getting comfortable with that and getting comfortable with the benefits you had talked about earlier, as opposed to the more physique, which is an aspect, but you know. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because before you start lifting, you have no idea how am I going to respond? And there's a tremendous variation in how one individual responds to weight training compared to the other. And that is true, whether we're looking at female athletes or male athletes, um, on this topic of conversation, like I've always told my female athletes, obviously I empathize tremendously with the concern there, but like I have essentially dedicated my entire life to becoming as muscular as I possibly can. And never have I accidentally (laughs) become a bodybuilder. And I, I always feel like the concern there is that changes happen, may happen more rapidly than you realize. And I can assure anyone listening that if we know one thing about adaptations to weight training is that they happen incredibly slowly. Um, and that is even in the people who respond the best. Like mm-hmm. the, the massive changes, we're looking at a scale of years. And if you're looking at someone who has made changes that maybe you don't want to make, like you look at a female bodybuilder or a female you know, strength athlete, crossfitter, those are the people who are essentially lifting weights for a living, even those individuals, it probably took them close to a decade to get to that level of consistent training, consistent nutrition in a certain manner. And they are the ones that you know because they have the genetic predisposition to be so good at the thing. Um, And so it's just something to keep in mind when you think about the adaptations to weight training. They happen at a rate that you will be able to take a step back way, way before you ever get to a point where you start seeing, you know, changes that you aren't a fan of or that you, you know, want to reduce. And, and at that point, if you have the consultation of an educated coach, you can certainly ask them, what are the modifications, like Nisha said, to the training that I'm doing to maybe, you know, place less emphasis on this muscle group or more emphasis on this muscle group if I want to modify the way that the, the changes are coming or reduce certain areas. So, um, that is certainly always an option for uh, folks who are concerned about that component of it. Um, and yeah, that, that's just my two cents on there. Yeah, I would say like the one major takeaway from this is like you don't have to become a major crossfitter or a powerlifter or deadlift 400 plus pounds unless that's your goals. 100% go for it. But in general, like if you want to do, if you want to run, do yoga, whatever your goal is. It's just so important for women to load up and do resistance training and pair that to the activity that you're doing. It doesn't have to be all the time, but it 100% should be a part of our routines. Yeah, I would agree. So hopefully for the folks out there listening, this has inspired you to, if you're a male listener, to maybe listen to some of these challenges that women are commonly facing when they're going into the weight room. And the weight room being such an opportunity to improve people's lives, improve people's confidence and their health, um, we certainly want to be as welcoming as we can 
um, to individuals who we need to recognize may have these barriers that we can't firsthand appreciate. Um, and, and then on the other hand, for any of the women out there listening who maybe are looking to get into that environment or are just getting into that environment and still kind of having some of these concerns, hopefully this address some of that stuff. Um, in the case that maybe people want more information, where can they find you, Nisha? Yeah, come visit me at Precision Performance, or you can email me at Nisha, N-I-S-H-A, at precisionperformancept.com, or you can follow me on Instagram, Nisha Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R, dot D-P-T. Cool. Hannah, do you have any kind of ways that people can get in contact with you if they want to or social media? Are you on that at all? Uh, yeah, I'm on a little bit. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I don't post too much, but it's spt.hannah on Instagram. Perfect. And then if anyone for whatever reason wants to talk to me about this subject <laughs> or wants me to direct them to Nisha or anything else, um, you can always email me at max at precisionperformancept.com or follow me on Instagram at maxlepage.dpt. Um, otherwise, again, I hope you guys uh, got something from this conversation, um, and I would encourage everyone to reach out to Nisha or to Hannah if they have any more questions or want to discuss. Um, as always, we hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, and we'll talk to you guys in the next one. Bye. Did you know we now offer personalized remote programming, one-on-one -on -one video telehealth sessions, and mentorships for both students and professionals? If you're interested in any one of these, please email John at J-O-N at precisionperformancept.com and he can help you get started today.